Unfiltered Opinions. Unfiltered Opinions. You're listening to Gaurav's Takes. Hey everybody, welcome to Gaurav's Takes. I'm Gaurav Aurora and we're reviewing Shang-Chi. And by the way, this is a non-spoiler discussion. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, no worries. You can listen to this review. We won't be getting in any spoilers. And if you have watched this movie, hey, do me a favor. Send me a message on what you thought about this film. Would love to hear what you agreed with, what you disagreed with, and just your overall opinion about Shang-Chi. Uh, to me, uh, first off, go see this movie in IMAX. Because I saw it in the IMAX opening night and... You really don't get an appreciation, and the visuals are off the charts in this film, but you really don't get the same appreciation watching this, you know, on DVD at home. Do people still watch DVD? I don't know. But (laughs) you don't get that same appreciation watching it at home. And um, I think, you know, the big screen is made for movies like this, and if you've seen this film, you really understand that. Uh, But Shang-Chi, you know, it deals with the classic dilemmas of choice with destiny. It pays homage to a lot of the martial art films that were made prior to this that really made a cinematic experience worthwhile. If you've seen that bus scene in the trailer with the kung fu, you know, martial arts elements in that with Simu Liu fighting those guys on the bus that happens in the first act, to me, that really resonated much more than the CGI nonsense we constantly get in Marvel and DC, let's say, especially in those third acts. I mean, not to say, and by the way, there is, uh, you know, in the third act, a big CGI cluster fest in here. But, you know, that's not to say the CGI wasn't good in this. Uh, I thought the CGI was great, especially compared to other movies that came out from Marvel, like Black Widow. But especially those callbacks, let's say those Jackie Chan-style callbacks to Crouching Tiger, Enter the Dragon, Hero, even those American callbacks we saw like Baby Driver and Skyfall with that scene you saw in the trailer of them fighting on the rooftop. To me, that really, you know, resonated much more than just the same CGI nonsense we get in the third act. Tony Leung, he's incredible. He plays a much more improved version of the Mandarin that we were supposed to get in Iron Man 3. Still salty about that, by the way. I knew a bit about him. I mean, you know, look, I follow Hollywood. I follow Bollywood because I'm Indian. But I didn't know too much about Hong Kong cinema. I mean, I've seen, you know, some of his work before. I can certainly see now why he's one of the most prominent actors in Asia. I mean... The way he communicates with you without even saying a word, through his eyes, through his facial expressions, you can truly tell he's mastered that craft. I mean, he's my favorite part of the film, and I think, you know, in terms of villains in the MCU, and I'm not even sure if you can call him a true villain, but, I mean, he's he's up there. He does a terrific job of the way, you know, he was casted and what he had to do in this film not going into any spoilers and by the way speaking of Iron Man 3 Ben Kingsley is in this (laughs) that's not a that's not a spoiler he's been on the red carpet premiere he's been in a lot of interviews uh prior to this movie coming out uh I never thought he would return in the MCU after Iron Man 3 but let me tell you he was fantastic in this and I enjoyed him a lot more here 
uh, for what his character is supposed to do than in Iron Man 3 when we were sold uh, that he was going to be the real Mandarin, and then we just got this ripoff version. And that leads us to Simu Liu. He did a terrific job, and his performance works for what Shang-Chi was in the comics. And uh, I think he does a terrific job. Since day one, when he was casted, you could really see the commitment here to the martial arts, to understanding the character, and it really pays you know, homage to what the character is all about. And uh, Aquafina, she does a really good job as well, being a comedic outlet of this movie. I, I think if you've seen Aquafina in the past, uh, you would understand that she's most likely going to be the comedic outlet. <laughs> but I think it really works in this movie more than a lot of other Aquafina films because you truly feel like there's depth to the character and you you really care and the jokes land a bit more for you. Um Going back to Simu Liu, too, you know, I, I really feel like relationship here between Simu Liu and Aquafina really goes like to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I'm blanking on who plays the Wasp, but, you know, uh, Paul Rudd, I think Paul Rudd could actually be, you know, Aquafina in this film, uh, just with the comedic outlet and with uh, how much of a presence she plays. I didn't expect her to play as much of a role as she did. And I'm glad she did. Uh, and Simu Lu, you know, he does a terrific job for where he's supposed to be. And I think he has the brightest future in the MCU and whatever he wants to do. This is a guy nine years ago. Uh, he's only 32. And nine years ago, he was an extra on Pacific Rim. And that's how he really started acting. So he has an extremely bright future ahead of him, not only in this universe, but surely with whatever project he wants to take on in the future. And uh, hats off to him for that. Some of the jokes and moments didn't quite land with me. Some things I felt were a little unrealistic. Now, before you message me, but Garv, it's a comic book movie. I get it, all right? It is a comic book movie. But especially in the third act, and you pair that with the second act pacing problems, I, I felt like, you know, going in and out of the past. This movie could have easily been cut 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, you know, every Marvel film kind of suffers with that, the comedic aspects and the pacing. Look, it's not anywhere near Black Widow. I... I had so many problems with the pacing in Black Widow and then third act especially. So it's not anywhere near that. But as a minor, you know, concern uh, with the movie, I felt like it could have been cut 15 to 20 minutes. And the third act, especially for, you know, it gets a little messy, but they they pull it off. And at the end, you, you feel very satisfied, although it certainly could have been cleaned up. Though... I will mention this, this movie was shot completely during the COVID, uh, you know, I guess era, should we call it, but this movie was completely shot, edited, and filmed all during COVID, so uh, let's give a credit where credit is due, that's a very tough task to pull off, uh, some other films like Mission Impossible are trying to do that. And anyone can tell you uh, with the amount of hassle that COVID has brought in the film industry, it's very hard to pull off what Shang-Chi did here. So anyway, there are two post credit scenes, so stick around for that. One of them, people are, look, people are saying the first post credit scene in this film is a top three, top five post credit scene of Marvel. 
I don't know what you guys are smoking because that post credit scene and I look, I understand the significance of it. I really do. And I'm not going to get into spoilers, but it's not a top three post credit scene. I don't know why people are so up in arms about it. It's a great post credit scene. Uh, it's just not a top post credit scene. I don't know why people think it is. Uh, but it certainly does have heavy implications on the remainder of what's going to happen in the MCU. So overall, when you come out of this movie, you're going to be very pleased with what you see on the big screen. I think it may take a day or two to fully digest uh, where it is on your MCU rankings if you're a Marvel fan. For me, I'm pretty comfortable in saying this is a top 10 MCU film. I see a lot of people going as high as top 5. That's great. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, but for me, the more I think about this film, the more I enjoy it. And it's a top 10 MCU film, a top tier MCU film in my book. And it's a perfect example of how the Marvel formula continues to work in its evolving genres in the cinematic universe. You know, they're trying martial arts here. You think this movie is different. They're going to have a movie called Eternals, which is directed by Oscar winner Chloe Zhao. That's going to be a hundred times more different than this. And then you have other movies. You know, Sony is making No Way Home. But you have other movies uh, like Multiverse of Madness. And I get we have already seen a Doctor Strange movie, but directed by Sam Raimi. That's going to be, you know, exploring the horror genre. And I think... If you've already seen shows like WandaVision and Loki, and if you're even watching What If, which is the first animated content in the MCU, they are completely diving into, you know, uncharted territory that they've never tried before. And it's been working. I mean, in 2021, we are really getting spoiled as a Marvel fan um, after a lackluster 2020 due to COVID with everything getting pushed back. So we have a lot more to review. Uh, we'll probably talk spoilers someday soon, but we have a lot more to review coming up soon on Gar's Takes. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you watch the movie anytime in the future or if you've seen it, give me a message. Let me know what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. Would love to hear your opinions. So thanks for listening for Garv. This is Garv's Takes. Have a good one, guys. This has been a presentation of Gorov's Takes.